0: Well, it's good to see you this morning in the house of the Lord. I left this morning early. It was 65 degrees and wonderful. I just stepped out on the porch and it's South Carolina hot again. So just uh, FYI, enjoy the air conditioning while you can while we're inside today. Isn't it good to be in God's house today, to fellowship together, to sing about his goodness? I started thinking about when we were singing that song about the journey of life when you're born and you're a baby and can't help yourself. Someone helps you. You're born in the country. You're born in the city. Uh, wherever you're born. And then you're raised by some people, or lots of people, right? There's people that speak into your life. And you think about the, where God was looking after you, even when you were at your most dumbest point in your life. Anybody been there? Some of you are walking in it right now, so he's with you. Uh, anybody been there? When, like when you made the dumbest mistakes of your life? Four of us? Yeah. He's there. Listen. And he, he saw you through the darkness. And he was always that light through the darkness. And the good news is, is, some of you, he's still waiting for you, right? He's he's giving you the same message he's given to those of us that believe. Uh, he's waiting for you to trust him. And but here's the good news: it's a free gift. And today our message is simply this: the gift from the Prince of Peace. What would you think about if he was titled the Prince of Peace? What would he give you as a gift? Well, things that are related to peace. If that was his title you would think of the things that was related to peace. We know that the Queen of England has passed, and her funeral is tomorrow, supposedly, and dignitaries from around the world are bringing things from their country. Well, if you read, go and read, it's kind of very interesting what they're bringing. They're bringing all kinds of gifts, and they talked about the gifts that she's received over all her years of ruling, that she's received decorative ostrich eggs. Anybody interested in those? She's received solid gold necklaces, diamonds of the rarest kind, She's received seeds. She's received Arabian stallions. She's received all kind of gifts from all kind of people from around the world. They brought from their, if you was, their goods or who they were from their culture, and they present them to the Queen of England. And so what's happening today is reverse. We're really nobodies, right? In and of ourselves, we deserve nothing from God. And yet God of heaven sent his son, Jesus Christ, and he was prophesied that he was coming to be the Prince of Peace. So we're not dignitaries, we're not VIPs, we're not important. We're just humans who sin against God. Yet God, in his favor and his love, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. He treated us as if we were very special people. And we are in his eyes. We know we were the chief of his creation if we go back and look in Genesis one twenty six, Because he said, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he made male and female. So we were made in his image, but we know we sinned against him. When Adam and Eve sinned against God in the garden, we've all been born into sin since then. But yet Christ treated us as if it were we were VIPs and he died on the cross for our sins. Anyone who would receive the gift, he brought those gifts of peace. He brought those gifts of patience. You look at the spiritual gifts, we look at uh, Galatians chapter 5. The Prince of Peace brought the gift of peace to the world. The question is, how come the world doesn't want it? How come we like living in our chaos, in our craziness? It's because we're sinful people, and we don't quite all fully understand God. So today, and in in we read this message as we look into the Word of God, we've been in, John, this is, I think, the 41st lesson that we had on in, 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 uh, Catalyst this morning, and we'll get right into the sermon today. So if you're a guest with us, well, you're welcome. And by the way, real quick, Mr. said we're meeting at CU at the poll here, but South Lake High School, uh, we're you meeting at the poll as well, 7, 7 a.m.? Anybody else in another school, public school, private school? Silver Bluff? Anybody else? Hagan, High? I know there'll be probably the FCAs or somebody will be doing the CU at the polls as well. It's usually a connection there. Make sure your kids get up that morning, get out of bed, and sit, go and represent the Lord Jesus Christ on campus uh, for Christ. Make sure they, they, they stand out from the crowd. That, hey, I am a Christian too. In a dark world with the world screaming against them, let them be that little beacon of light. And the Bible says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father who is in heaven. University of South Carolina, we did a prayer walk last week. We're going to take that campus for Christ. That's our goal. We did a prayer walk this past week. They're having their uh, see you at the poll as well on, on college campus at, in the evening. So they've moved everything to the evening so they could garner more opportunity for students to be there. So if you want to be a part of that as a church, we support BCM, and we, that's, our, that's our university. We pay the taxes and we we build it. It's Aiken University of South Carolina at Aiken. That, that belongs to us, because everything that's God's is ours, and, and we have to pay taxes on that part of stuff that God gave us, right? So that's our campus. We prayer walk it, and we want to be. We want to reach the nations for Christ. So, let's get into the sermon today. Want to see John chapter fourteen? John fourteen. We're going to pick up at verse twenty five. If you have missed any of the sermons, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to them, and listen to the opportunities when when pe- different people have spoken. This is our Meet Jesus series. We want you to go through the book of John and meet Jesus. And I shared this morning all the things, all the little catchy phrases that people would say to me when I was a child or teenager. I found a lot of those phrases came out of John 14. Uh, A lot of saying, peace I leave with you. Jesus gives you peace that passes understanding. I I heard those things from, from older folks when they would speak when I was a kid, not knowing they were speaking scripture into my life. They didn't say John chapter fourteen verse twenty six says it was never like that. It was always just words of saying. Listen, did you know the Holy Spirit? He's, he's your helper. He's going to help in your time of need. We used to have, we got. I've been to more funerals I can imagine uh, as a kid, as a preacher's kid, and you'd hear somebody said, "Listen, listen, he, he'll be with you. He, he's going to bring you comfort." What are they talking about? Right? This invisible man's going to come around. I didn't understand it, but when I became a Christian, I fully understand—not fully. I fully understand what's happening to me. And I start expressing God, going, I don't fully understand you. So let's read these together. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Remember, this is what seasons. They may have been at this so long. What season are we in right now? What are the Jews? The Passover. It's an Old Testament version of if they put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, the, the death angel will pass over them and they shall be saved, right? And if they don't, the firstborn's going to die. So here, at the Passover season, when they're getting ready to slaughter all the Passover lambs for Passover, there's going to be ultimately one last lamb that's killed, and his name is called the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is going to die on Passover at the same time all the other sheep are being slaughtered. Jesus is dying on the cross, and he fulfills the very plan and purpose of God there on the cross that day. He really did die. He really was buried in a borrowed tomb. And he really did rise again the third day according to the scriptures, just as he said. It's an amazing thing that the God that we serve and that he keeps his word. He's a God of truth, and he keeps his word. He tells them this in verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you what? What does your Bible say? All things. And bring to your remembrance what? All things are everything that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives you. Do I give to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard of me, you have heard of me say, you, excuse me, trying to get verse 28, you have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father and my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may, what church? Believe this is faith that, hey, this is what he said was going to happen. And it happened just as he said. Verse 30 I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and that the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. And we know that he's leaving the place of the mill. When they're gathered together, he's getting ready to go to the garden, where he will later be arrested. And then he'll be put on trial, a mock trial at nighttime, illegal trial, and he'll be crucified on the cross and there die. And we'll see that coming up. It's hard to preach this message from a present standpoint because we know we're talking a historical narrative, things that actually happened, and, but it has present meaning and also has a future context to it as well. So it's very hard to use past tense, present, and future tense. So we'll do our best in the notes as you look at your notes. But I want you to look at your notes this morning. No matter what Kristen talked about this morning, we don't sit and play in the worship service. I tell her where I'm going to be preaching most of the time. I think this is the here's the lessons for Catalyst, and here's where I'm going to be if the Lord wills. And then the music comes. We don't plan and play the morning worship. And, and by the way, just FYI, if anybody walked in something with a plan thinking this morning, oh, I love the worship. They did that just for me. We didn't do anything on this planet this morning for you. Did you know that? Does that make you that hurt your VIP status? We planned this morning to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And you just came to be a part of it. So you are important to Christ. When you're saved, you're called a child of God. But this morning was not scripted for you. The songs weren't chosen for you. They were chosen for us to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? The Word of God was chosen to bring honor and glory to the Son, honor and glory to the Father, and really to bring honor and glory to the Holy Spirit. You'll see them here as Jesus speaks. The hardest part, I think, for us, in relationship we'll do these things and and we'll date somebody teenagers are going through this we try to counsel them if a guy's a playboy in high school what's it going to be when he gets married yeah the stud he's he's going to be what's a woman going to be if she's if she's running around all over town dating every boy what is she going to do when she gets older we try to tell our young people listen look a couple things look at the parents and then also look at the reputation This is why the Bible drills down on pastors. And I told you, if you ever hear anything bad about me, it's worse than they told you because they're wouldn't with me. Come ask me and I'll tell you the truth. Right? Because we're all by nature, what? Sinful. We're sinners. We can't help ourselves. We were born that way out of our mother's womb. But here's what we can do. We can identify those things and say, listen, don't be like that. If someone's a gossip, do you know gossips? Some of y'all are really bad. I look around the church. I've seen some of the stuff you talk about. I've seen it on social media. You can't help but just say something about something, and you don't know anything about it, right? Is that true? You know. You, okay. Is anybody speaking for our friends? Anybody have a friend like that? <laughs> right. Uh, they. It's always just something in our input. Some people talk about President Biden like they know him. They were talking about President Trump like they knew him as well, right? He don't know you, and you don't know. He probably knows you because he's been listening, right? But I'm just kidding. It, it, we don't know our leaders. So we don't talk to them, but we talk about them as if we know them, right? Even county and local leaders, many times we, don't, we talk about the school board, or we talk about uh, the, the, the representatives, or we talk about the Congress. We talk about all these different things, but we don't invest and pray for those things. Uh, we don't engage with those people, and we have opportunity to do all of that as, as citizens in America, but also as commandment from God. But here's what I want you to understand when we say the word is understood. You ever had a relationship when the relationship breaks down and somebody comes to counsel and goes, Pastor, but you don't understand. And the answer is, I don't always understand your story, right? Everybody has a different story. I don't know your background, where you're from, but there is one who does understand, and his name is Jesus. He makes a commitment to his disciples, those who follow him as Lord and Savior. He makes a commitment to them, listen, I'm going to be there with you, and I'm going to see you through it. Sometimes you got to go around the mountain, Right? Sometimes you gotta go over the mountain, sometimes you gotta dig and tunnel through the mountain. Have you ever been up in the uh, northern part of South Carolina uh, with the tunnel where they were drilling, the, the trying to, uh, right outside of the Lake Jocassee where they, they were Stump House Tunnel, have you ever been there? Anybody ever been there? They, they started it, there was a construction, big uh, help time to dig a tunnel through the mountain. And they said the men were such alcoholics they couldn't finish. They'd get paid and quit and then go get alcohol. And then come back and try to get another job. But they dug the tunnel all the way through the mountain to a certain point and stopped. And the tunnel was never finished. And now it's a, it's a a natural sight that you can go actually go in the tunnel and see where they dug. Is that not a sad history of mankind? And we can talk about project after project. And then sometimes it's people's lives. They worked so hard to achieve, and then they got to the finishing point and just quit. Because what's it worth? Because if you you, you talk about the ladder to success, y'all ever seen the cartoon? And it has a wall, and it says the ladder to success. When you get to the top, it says other wall. Have you seen that cartoon? People work their their selves ragged till they get old, and then realize they they built or climbed the wrong ladder. They are on the wrong wall. If Christ is not first in your life, no matter what you do, you won't have success. Sure, you'll have nice stuff. You you might be uh, somebody calls you by name. They put a title in front of you, but you'll never have true success and true peace. So. What I want you to understand is right here what it says in first. Jesus understood exactly how his disciples felt. They'd given up their businesses. They'd given up everything to follow Christ. And now he says, uh, now that you've given up all that stuff, you've left your businesses, you've left your worldly treasures, if you will, I'm leaving you. Would that stress anybody out? What did we get into? Wait a minute now. I just left the family business. I told Dad we're done. And I got a new, I'm fishing for men, Dad. I'm not fishing for fish anymore. And son, don't fully understand that, but go ahead and enjoy that. And so, they're stressed out, guys. The, the, he offered clarification for the imminent actions about to take place. 1 Corinthians 2, you go there with me, I want you to see this. This is something very important for you, to, and the scripture will be up on the, I think it's come up on the screen. Did y'all put it up today? The scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, go there with me and underline this in your Bible. This is something for your information for us to know and say, God, why are you, Whatever fill in the blank. Why are you doing this? Why is my health like this? Why is my wealth or that's really the two things we fight for in this life. First Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven and thirteen. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, so no one knows the things of God except whom? Spirit of God. Now, if God knows your heart, He knows the very very being of who you are. Right? We know that we as Christians believe that God created us in His image. So that he created us. He knows our externals, our internals. But on the flip side, what what happens? The thoughts of men. He reads your mind when you're thinking those private thoughts and when you're having those private words. He knows the heart of who you are. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So here we are. We're on a level playing field. We have this God, the Holy Spirit, knowing us intimately, Everything about what you think, what you do, when you sleep, where you go, when you're sitting down, lying down, running, whatever you're doing, and God knows all about who you are. You ever have those quiet thoughts? Anybody have those quiet thoughts or just pleasant thoughts and just they're holy thoughts? Anybody ever have those moments? And then you get clashed, you run into right into a conversation, a phone rings or beeps or whatever happens, and you go right to this awful thought. You go from holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty to murder or to anger, and anger is considered murder in the Bible? Have you ever been in that transition where you're just right in that sweet spot with God, and all of a sudden you want to hang somebody, kill somebody, shoot somebody? You want to bring about pain to somebody in your mind. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So we have to guard ourselves constantly. And the Bible says God knows all about the things of you, and he knows all about the things of God. He searches all things of God What is his goal if he's, we're going to learn he's our helper, teacher? What is he going to do? He's going to take all the things of you and try to push them out and put all the things of God where? Inside of you. Now, he doesn't just supernaturally do it as you walk down the road. You have to put something in you to get the result that God wants from you. What do you have to put in? The Word of God, the Holy Spirit. The Word of God, and he puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. You must read the Word of God. If you travel, we're having Gideon's uh, International Sunday two weeks from now. Isn't that right, Richard? 15th. October 15th, whatever that day is, that's Gideon Sunday. Why are we going to have a Gideon Sunday? We're not Gideon's as a whole. Richard and Carolyn are part of the Gideon International. But we sub- raise money to support Gideon's. How many of you have ever been to a hotel and there's a Bible in the hotel? Raise your hand if you've ever seen that. That's from Gideon's International. Their job is to get the word out. To the world, how many people are saved? There's story after story of people opening up that drawer, looking to put something in the drawer and find out there's a Bible, their life's falling apart, and they open the Word of God and they're changed forever. Now, I'm not, I don't know, how many of you have ever read the Gideon Bible that's in your, in your hotel drawer? Anybody? I have. And some of the new, uh, I think the Marriotts are run by uh, own CEOs of Mormons, so they don't put the Bible in there anymore. And so I'd, I'd go down front, used to, when we'd go to Kentucky, they didn't put them in there because it was a new hotel and they didn't want to be controversial. So I'd go down front and make them give me a Bible because the Gideons left. I saw them in the back, a stack of Bibles, and I said, hey, They can I help you? Yes, I'd like to have a Bible, please. And every time we stayed in that hotel, I put the Bible in the room. I put it back in the drawer so they wouldn't take it out. So I was uh, not a Gideon, but I was trying to do some work for Gideons and put it in there and read the Word of God. And it's marked so that you can receive the passage of Scripture that leads to salvation. Why why waste the time? Because God is worthy. Let's get to the notes, but let's finish in verse 12. Now we have received, not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, as Mike talked about, truth. And I knew the letter J was on his foot. I just said M to make him feel good. I'm just kidding, I didn't. I was guessing Mike, not Jesus, so that's why I guessed the M. That is so relevant to us today that actually people are saying all kind of things aren't true. Isn't it nice in a a culture that's so confusing that we have a 66-book library that tells us exactly the mind of Christ? You say, well, I, I don't like the Old Testament God. He was a God of wrath. He still is. That's what hell was created for. Because out of his wrath, and we think of wrath of anger, his holy anger, his holy wrath, he judges what's not holy. He can't have non-holiness. He can't have sin next to him, so therefore he created a place for the devil and his angels. It doesn't say he created the devil and the angels and anybody he sends there. It's those who choose to go there end up with the devil and his angels in a place of judgment. God, in his holy love, exercises holy hatred. Do you understand that? Me either but when you actually see the attributes of God, he had to do something with the judgment. We say, well, I don't fully understand and don't like that. If somebody killed your family in a drunk driving accident and they had multiple drunk driving tickets, spent some time in jail, they got out got drunk and crashed into your family and killed your entire family and your children and grandchildren, and the judge, they come before the judge and the judge says, yeah, you're a good old fellow. You do a lot of good community work. I'm going to find you not guilty so you can actually stay in the community and do some other good work. Would that be a just judge? Well, that's a terrible example But God wouldn't be a just God if he continued to let sinners sin and do the things that they wanted to do against him, against his holiness and his righteousness, and not bring judgment. So we could say that on a man's version, that we understand, well, that's wrong and that's right. Well, God has a stronger wrong and a stronger right, uh, even more than society. Well, let's go back to John 14. I want you to see this. The Father was sending a gift, the Helper. God the Son was returning to heaven, And God the Father was sending God the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name to help them. You look at that, what Jesus said, he's going to send them in my name. So he's not only just getting the gift of peace, they're giving what? The Holy Spirit, who is, if you look at Jesus, what is one of Jesus' titles in Isaiah 9-6? I have it later listed for you. The Bible said some 600 years before Jesus walked the earth that his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting God, uh, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Before he walked the earth, he was told that he was going to be the Prince of Peace. How can you have the peace of God that passes all understanding? Well, Jesus has already gone back to heaven. He's the Prince of Peace. Yeah, but the Spirit of God comes in whose name? He comes in the name of Jesus. And so he brings about the peace that only Jesus can bring. Well, let's look at this. Continue your notes. God the Holy Spirit was not only coming to help, but he was also coming to teach the disciples spiritual truths and remind them of Jesus' teachings. We just read Ephesians a little bit there, and we talked about he teaches us spiritual truth. We compare spiritual with spiritual. Anything that Satan does is spiritual. Did you know that? Because Satan is what? He's an angel, and he can appear as an angel of light. So don't go on your experience only, because some people have near-death experiences and say, I'm good with God because as I was dying, I saw this bright light, and I heard this voice saying, Not yet. Go back right? Everybody has those encounters. People are writing books about it, they're making movies about it, 90 minutes in heaven, 90 seconds in heaven, and then you're finding out later that they're basically just made up stuff so they can actually, they they had an encounter that something happened, but if I give you anything that's outside of the Bible, as far as what heaven looks like, what heaven's about, that's extra biblical, and I've made it up. Because God's not going to give any more revelation, the Holy Spirit's not giving any more revelation of Scripture, He's revealing what Scripture says, but nothing new that's actually being written. After Revelation's ended, Scripture's over. And if people are saying, I'm a prophet, God's got a word from God, listen, turn and run far from that person. Because if they're making up new Scripture, saying God told me, and they write it down, then they in turn are writing new Scripture. So if I tell you anything, anyone tells you anything about heaven that's not listed in the Bible, that's not specifically in the Bible, you don't get extra special Revelation just because you live in the 21st century. And just because somebody puts it in print. Amen? If they make a video about it, a movie about it, even the young boy just not long ago said that, uh, I forgot, the, it, was, it was really big in society a few years ago that he died and went to heaven, and he told about all the things he saw in heaven, and he saw his grandma, and he saw all kind of crazy things in heaven, and it was movies, books, even the Christian bookstores were offering it, and it became a big fight within Lifeway. Y'all know if Lifeway Christian Stores is actually owned by Southern Baptists, we own it. It was a big fight. Get that mess out of, the, out of the store. We don't need to be selling that stuff and promoting that. That kid, he, he might have passed away, but all those things he cannot say about heaven because it's not in Scripture. And everybody was like, you can't be so legalistic. You don't know all well the mind of God. Yes, we do. Mike read this morning, we have the mind of Christ. You cannot add the Scripture. You cannot add the Scripture. The Holy Spirit would not allow it. And so this kid had the example, and he, just, he basically now is like 12 or 13 years old, and he just came out and said his dad made him say all the stuff that he said. So all those millions of dollars making the movie, all the money, the writing the books, he's now come out and said he's old enough to speak for himself that he made, up, made it all up. He was coached to say it by his parents. How does that make you feel? Anybody ready to go to war now, right? Saying, yeah, that's right, no more of that. That's how we should feel, not militant about, against people. Just when people speak it to say, listen, you need to stop that. I don't want to hear that or walk away from it. Because I'll have no part of somebody telling me what heaven's like apart from what scripture says. Just don't be a part of it. So let's continue. The spirit of truth teaches us all things. You can read Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. We don't have time for the sake of time today. We'll continue in your notes. Jesus left his disciples a gift. What was, his, what was the gift? Prince of Peace brings peace. Peace I leave with you, he said. How many of us need peace on a daily basis, right? If you've got any kind of relationship, if you've got any kind of friendships, you need peace, right? If you live in this world, you need peace. And Jesus said, peace, I live with you. Remember, the disciples, what was their hearts like? They were stressed out, troubled. They're like, what are we going to do? He's leaving us. How are we ever going to go back to our families and tell them, we messed up three years ago and followed this guy named Jesus, and now he's leaving us. All of these thoughts, remember, they haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit yet. When do they receive the Holy Spirit? Now, he visited with them, but they get him fully at Pentecost, just shortly. Well, let's continue. He left them peace. Jesus left the disciples with His personal peace. He could do this because He's the Prince of Peace. There again, Isaiah nine six. Jesus comforted comforted His disciples' trouble and fearful hearts. You ever been there, where you were stressed out, you had this looming whatever fill in the blank. It's coming up, and I, I, I've got a decision to make. I've got to do this or that. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, we all do, we've all had opportunities. And, and and as Christian talked about different things that happen in our life, what are we going to do? Well, I want to encourage you, and I've told you this before, tomorrow is always coming. One hundred percent tomorrow will be here. And you'll be here you'll be here, you'll be in heaven, or you'll be in hell. There's only three places, but tomorrow's coming. We're we're built for eternity. You will never, ever die. He said, Well, I've been to a lot of funerals. Okay, the body stops. This is the tent, the Bible says. This old body quits. But there's eternity. Here, we're in the middle of eternity right now. You're going to spend some, uh, eternity somewhere. And you will die eventually, right, unless the Lord returns. But just remember, tomorrow's coming, and you will make a decision. Did y'all know that? Some of you was a pastor pray for me, I have a decision to make. I'm like, you're going to make it. <laughs> we'll pray that you have godly wisdom when you make that decision, but you're going to make a decision, right? If you don't, a decision will be made for you, because tomorrow's coming. Amen? Just remember, don't get into that cloudiness of going, what do I do, what do I do? You've got to make a decision. Don't pro and con it. What should I do? Pro, con, pro, con, pro, con. Get before the Lord Jesus Christ say, what would you have me to do? The Bible says that you give me peace that passes understanding. The Bible says you're my helper. The Bible says you're my teacher. The Bible says you're my comforter. What should I do? And you'll be surprised that he'll give you the exact thing you should do. You'll know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it. You'll step day by day. He won't tell you the whole thing because if God told you what he's going to do in your life tomorrow, you wouldn't believe him. You can't even imagine. Could any of y'all imagine that I'd be preaching? Mother, could you imagine I was preaching when I was a kid? Yeah, yeah, She thought for sure I'd be in prison, I'm sure by now, or dead. But only God, if somebody told me I was going to be a preacher, I would have laughed in your face and said a few words, right? Only God can do what God can do you can't even imagine what he's going to do in your life. But listen, so many of us live in defeat. Paul said, I am more than a conqueror in Christ, right? What can separate me from the love of God? And the answer is, say it a little bit louder like you mean it. What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing, nothing at all. So if we walk in that light, knowing that, listen, I walk in the light, Jesus is with me, the Holy Spirit's going to teach me, when I'm down, he's going to pick me up, when I'm up, he's going to keep me up, right? When I live through this human life, he walked the earth knowing what it's like to be a human. He was tempted in every way that we're tempted, but he never sinned because he was God, and he could not sin, by the way. No matter what coffee talk that you have around coffee, don't get around somebody theorizing about Jesus's failures. That's just because they want to bring Jesus down and bring themselves up and make them sound smart. Jesus had no failures, amen? Jesus was perfect without sin. He said he was tempted like us, but he did not sin because he could not sin. He was 100% man, but 100% God without sin. Don't let anybody get into those foolish conversations with you about could Jesus sin. I have preachers that want to talk about it all the time. It's the dumbest thing on the planet. That's what's wrong with their churches, the leadership, right? Don't engage in that. God bless you. Let's continue. Jesus comforted his disciples from the troubled and fearful hearts. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Let's read that. We need to read that passage. That's, that's so important. Philippians 4. Go there with them really quick. It's important to move in your Bible, especially if you've got children with you. They're watching to see if mom and dad are actually turning to scripture because they might ask you a question. I hope your children, children, listen, let me go ahead and ask you, go ahead and go home today and ask your mom and dad what the sermon was about and ask them if they, they took notes. They should have notes in their bulletin. And by the way, today's a family worship day. That's why we're no children's church today. Philippians 4, 4-9. When you're there, say amen. Watch what Paul says to the church at Philippi. They were just like us. They got down. They were a poorer church. They didn't have much money. But yet they, they gave to Paul's mission as he traveled, his missionary journeys. He says this to them. Rejoice in the Lord always. By the way, you need to read verses uh, 1, 2, and 3. We don't have time. There was a fight going on in the church. Can you imagine humans fighting over spiritual things? Here we are, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord how long? Always, and again, I say what, church? Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for what? Okay, all you anxiety people, I've already read Matthew chapter 5 and 6, right? Do not worry, Jesus said. Do not worry, Jesus said. Now, here's the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing, be anxious for what? Nothing, but you say, but, Pastor, it's fill in the blank. Retirement, college, marriage, Fill in the blank. Be anxious for what, church? Nothing. 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 But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known where? Knock on the throne of God. God, this is what I need. God, I'm fearful. God, I'm starting to feel some stuff in my chest. I don't know what this is. I have this plan. I have this purpose. Lord, I I got this job opportunity. Am I going to quit this job? Am I going to move to this city? Lord, what am I doing? You You can build up anxiety if you think about tomorrow, don't you? Watch this. What if they found out with that new satellite that actually the world is on a nice type star system? It looks like rope, and it's cracking. What if we made that up? They just spread that rumor today, that they found out with that new satellite system that went out in space that there's this invisible to the naked eye star rope type that's holding the Earth in location, and it's cracking, and it's going to probably break in the next 10 years. Some people would believe that. There'd be new churches pop up that actually, the, the broken sphere uh, church, right? And then when they would get so stressed out, oh, we could die tomorrow. Have you ever sat and just pondered, just laid in the grass, looked up at the sky, and thinking, hey, there's nothing holding us right here? Yeah, there's gravity. We've got to understand the gravitational pull. We, we all learned all the science on that, right? But there's nothing holding us in place. One little scoot, scoot to the sun is going to make us do what? One scoot, scoot away from the sun's going to make us do what? You could worry yourself sick. Start playing games, right? How many car accidents are there? Most people die in America by what? Car accidents. How many of y'all rode here in a car today or truck or vehicle? You could die when you leave this place today. Does it stress you out? Here's the deal. To be absent from the body is present with the Lord. For a believer, who cares? I'm going to live my life to the full, right? The way God made me. We're all different, right? Would you agree? I find out each week I'm more different than other people over and over. But he made us the way we are, so what we do is live our lives according to what the Lord Jesus Christ says we should do. We walk in his spirit day by day knowing he's with me. He said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. The Old Testament tells me he never sleeps nor slumbers. He doesn't take a nap. That makes me feel pretty confident, doesn't you? If not, you need to read more of the word of God. He'll bring this back to your mind. Well, let's continue what he says. Uh, Excuse me. Finally, brothers, this is brothers and sisters, whatever things are true, verse 8, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good of, of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's not cross your legs, hold your fingers in a, a, a Middle Eastern religion position. That means just sit and ponder those things, saying, listen, I've got to do this. Wendy tells me I need to be more loving. I don't know how. I was like, when the Holy Spirit moves me, I'll do it. Some of y'all have been hugging me more and it's making me stress out, Right? I don't feel love. Just I feel love when you don't touch me. Right? I'm just telling you who I am, my personality. But some of you are gonna you're forcing love on me and it's changing me. So it's uh, I feel like I need to shower sometime, but but I'm trying, listen, I'm trying to i I'm a sinful man who was who saved by God, but you know, these things we gotta do. I'll be noble and think about it. I'll pray for you. I'll even lay on hands with you, I'll anoint you with oil, but I just don't want to hug you. All right it's praiseworthy, think of these things. I digress, sorry. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace, what is he? He's the God of peace, will be with you. He's with you, church. Jesus told us last week, if you read the scripture, he's in us. The Holy Spirit's in us and around us. So he protects us. He loves us. He guides us. He teaches us. He comforts us. Let's continue back to your notes really quick. Let me give you these answers real quick. Jesus had, has, I put both because it's past and present, a high view of God the Father. He loved because the first John says he is love. It's not that he just loved because he just, he's a good old boy or he's a good old God. He loved because his nature is love. Jesus provided aid to the weak faith of the disciples. He reverenced when. Look at, look at what he says. He says in verse 28, you have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice. Because I said, I am going to the Father, and my Father is greater than I am. And verse 29, and now I have come, I've told you, because it comes, before it comes, that when, there's that word, it does come to pass, you may believe. The whole thing that Jesus was setting up this teaching was that these men may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So when, a future state, when everything he said would come and did come to pass. Jesus acknowledged the present work and limited power of Satan. Did he not? First Peter says he's a roaring lion seeking whom may devour. You don't know his tactics. He doesn't come up to you and go, boo. He doesn't wear a red costume with horns and a little forked tail and carry a pitchfork. That's not the Satan of reality. He's a spirit, but the Bible says he can appear as an angel of light. He appears as this beautiful being. Uh, when people want to seek things, they want to have different, deeper spiritual revelation. He comes to men. He, and he can actually um, possess men. We only have one record of it in the Bible. That was Judas a couple weeks ago. But I believe men like Hitler potentially were possessed or civ- heavily oppressed by Satan or, and his demons. He has a command structure. He has a chain of command, principalities. If you read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, he, he has a structure to his kingdom he, Jesus himself calls him here the ruler of this world. Now, he's not in charge of the world. We know that. And because Jesus died on the cross, takes keys. He takes the, uh, the kingdom, uh, the, the power of death and hell and the grave, and he basically shows that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20 on your own time. Jesus acknowledged that Satan was working and he had limited power. Just remember, he has limited power, but he's walking around seeking whom he may devour. Is what Peter told us. Jesus declared Satan's liabilities and his failures before a sinless king, Jesus, therefore having no part of his kingdom. Satan was created to bring worship to God. He was the worship leader in heaven. His name was Lucifer, if you go back and study. And his job was to take all the praise of the angel and give it to God and say, listen, this is what we're saying. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. But God gave the angels, just like He gives us, free choice. And Satan's like, hmm, that sounds really beautiful. I think I'm going to put a cap on it and I want to ascend to the hill of God. What did He want to become? The created wanted to be the creator. Does that happen to us today? How many PhDs are on YouTube and other places teaching you, and our universities teaching, there is no God? The created. Puts their talking head on the place of the Creator. What a foolish devil and what a foolish human that would be. Amen. It breaks my heart how many Christian parents won't stand up for their children. You're paying for their education. You get an absolute foolish professor telling you your children there is no God. Stand up for them. Go to the dean of students. Go to the president. Have you seen the hogwash that's coming out of University of South Carolina? Our, my goal is to to make some changes. Clemson University. We saw some things that one of our students went there. The things that they're being told. It's very, it's very ungodly to the maximum. Listen, I'm all about teaching sciences and things, but when you uh, teach propaganda, it bothers me to my core. Finally, Jesus demonstrated to the, uh, determined to demonstrate to his disciples and the world, that's you and me, that's lost people and saved people, his love of his, and his obedience to God the Father. So the question we have, Jesus said, listen, but the world may know, not guess. Does the world know Jesus is the Son of God? You can't help but know. You live in the world, watch this. I'll, I'll just tell you. Let me show you how you know. Ready? There's a date coming up really soon, and there'll be this song somewhere. And it'll have little snowflakes attached to it. There'll be little silver bells and red bells and ribbons, and there'll be this little fat guy in a red suit, and we'll sing this song. We wish you a And we have to say the word Christ, right? We wish you a Merry Christmas, And we know that God sent his son, Jesus, to be born of a virgin, so we celebrate that. So when the Bible says he came, and we say, he did come, we were singing songs about him, right? His name was called Emmanuel, which translates, God with us. So God came to earth to live with us, and he died on the cross, the Bible says, and he really did did die, by the way. He really was buried, and he really did rise again the third day according to the scriptures. Where'd he go when he was dead? Another sermon for another day, but he went to the place of the dead, the righteous and the unrighteous dead, to tell him, hey, I am who I said I am. And then he, re- he rises again the third day. Here's the good news and the bad news for some of us. The good news for us as believers. The Bible says he's coming again. And if he's coming again and you're not ready, guess what that means? You're going to be left behind. And if you're here today, I'm going to tell you listen, you are a sinner. Jesus died for your sins, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you just heard those words I just said, you're without excuse. You can't be saved after he comes back, I believe. 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, read it for yourself. So, did I try to lock you into a position where you can't be saved now? No, I want you to be saved before he comes, so that you can live for him and tell the whole world about the love of Jesus Christ. You have influences and in sphere of influence. I don't have and vice versa. We all know someone. That's why we're teaching the three circles. That's why we want you to get out and show it and teach it and tell it. It's because it's the most simple way we found to share the love of Jesus Christ. You can do it wherever you are. You can do it on a napkin. You can do it at the beach. But here's our, here's our issue. Get the word of God out no matter what it takes. Be obedient to him. Remember, you're not doing it by yourself. He's your helper. He's your teacher. He's your comforter. And we speak on His name. That's what it does. It brings about a smile to God's face. Because you're talking about His Son. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're bringing glory to the Father. Do you think there's anything greater in life than that? There's none greater. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank You today that we have our opportunity just to praise You. A lot of information, a lot of doctrine today, Lord, for us to actually extract from how You give us the peace, how all this happens. Lord, we don't know. I truly don't know the spiritual realm of what's happening. Lord, even in our physical realm, we don't know how everything transpires. How do you put that person in the right place? and Lord, you've got a serious logistics center up in heaven. I think, Lord, we know he's called the Holy Spirit. Help us to be mindful and grateful. Let us rejoice always in the Lord. We love you today and thank you for loving us. And Lord, in our down times, help us to turn to you because we can't pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps. That's a foolish thing. Father, there is someone greater than our, a brother. There's someone there that loves us enough to carry us through. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for those who might not know Jesus today, never have given their heart and life to Jesus Christ. I pray they would come to know him as we know him. As our, Lord, we know you as our father, as our friend, as our brother even, Lord, as joint heirs but also as our comforter, healer, provider. We bless your holy name today, and we want to tell you we love you. Help those that are far from you today, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name.